to Don't Feed the Geeks, presented by the Long Island Comic Guys, the masters of the geeky verse. Ooh. All right. I, I, like don't, that. I don't know if I like it. No. <laughs> Sorry, it was different. It was different. Uh, uh, welcome back, geek freaks, and uh, happy uh, President's Day. Uh, today, we like to celebrate one of our favorite Captain Americas, uh, Mr. George Washington. Uh, for, I think he was the first Captain America, and uh, he did that while having a fun fact about him. He had wooden teeth. He did. That must have sucked. It must have sucked. <laughs> um, but see, you can accomplish great things, even uh, even if you have uh, disabilities. So, <laughs> uh, Cool stuff, though. So uh, right now, it's uh, just me and JJ here, TC and JJ. Uh, we have our awesome interview. Uh, we did it a little bit earlier today, but really awesome interview with uh, Tommy Maletta of Best Comics International from uh, 1300 Jericho Turnpike in New Hyde Park, New York. Was very exciting. Yeah, it was. Really it was really. Uh, he gave us a lot of good information, stuff that we didn't definitely didn't know about. You know, he's been in the industry for you know over 30 years. It's crazy. So um, I, I had a lot of fun. I, I definitely learned some new stuff. Uh, we hope you guys do too. So um, we'll jump into the geek beat for now. Unfortunately, we don't have Toy Story here, so I'll do my best to take uh, Toy Story's place. That's all right. You could do it. Yeah, I'd do it better anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Nah, I, I hope he listens. I, you know, we're, we're not going to say anything about this, and then we'll see if he listens. Yeah, we're going to say So if he we'll texts us about this, say, yeah, I listened. Yeah, we'll, let's, we'll let's, see. See if he, let's see if he listens. All right, so let's jump right into it. Uh, I don't think... I think this happened after our last show. So uh, Joaquin Phoenix, Joaquin, Joaquin, I think Joaquin is Joaquin. Uh, he won Best Actor for the Joker. Uh, had an interesting speech about uh, animal rights and stuff like that. But um, good. For uh, I didn't. I, I still haven't seen the movie. You haven't either, right? I have not. I seen think it. Toy Story is the excuse me the only one who's seen it. I I don't have an urge to see it. I don't know why. Same. Yeah. I, once it comes on TV or like uh, once it's on Netflix, some type of streaming service, I'm gonna catch it. I'm sure it's very good. I'm sure his performance is amazing. I mean, I, I've, he's an amazing actor. I enjoy his work. But, um, yeah, I'm kind of no, in no rush to get to it. None but, whatsoever. Uh, I, I think it's, you know, it's great for the comic community, even though this is kind of a, I think you would put in air quotes, a uh, comic book movie. Yeah, but, um, I agree. Yeah, I think it's, uh, I think it's good. Uh, moving on to more Batman stuff. Uh, a new, very dark, very red photo <laughs> of Robert Pattinson as Derek. I mean, uh, uh, Batman was released, including um, pictures of him wearing the cowl and the Batman emblem on his chest. Um, a lot of people are comparing it to Daredevil. That's why I made that hilarious joke just now. That was, it was very funny. <laughs> so uh, I think me and Toy Story were talking about this earlier. I think the fact that they do have this red backlighting to it like kind of shining on him, you know, lends to the fact that it looks red. So I don't know. I mean, it seems okay. I, I definitely remember telling both of you guys that I'm doing my very best to not have any expectations for this movie. And, and I think you, you, you can't have any expectations. I, and, I'm, and I'm trying not to. Like, I, don't, I almost don't even want to watch the previews. I just want to walk into the theater knowing as little as possible, which is not going to happen. It's going to be impossible. But... um. You know, we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah. So one cool thing, though, I think um I think he's he's the uh, the cult of Batman is his name on Instagram. He uh, he mentioned that the pieces of metal, which it looks like as the bat emblem, he's like, ooh, could it be Joe Chill pieces of Joe Chill's gun? 
Now, I, that he's using as the emblem. I was like, that would be pretty cool and interesting if it was. I'm going to be stupid here. I don't know what that means. Joe Chill? Yeah. Okay. So Joe Chill in the comic books, and I think there's a lot of iterations of um, how his parents died, uh, Bruce Wayne's parents died. And I think the most current one, and this is the one that they did in Batman, the Dark Knight series. Okay. Joe, Kill, uh, Joe Chill was the man who was charged with murdering uh, Martha and uh, whatever. What's what's the girl's name? Thomas Wayne. Thomas Wayne. Yeah, excuse me. Yeah, that so I know. He, he's he's the one charged with uh, murdering them. So, so, what series was this? What you're talking about? Comic series? Um, I mean, I don't know which book specifically, okay. but if you the Christian Bale series, the the gunman who shot them was Joe Chill. Okay. Um, I mean, I it, actually didn't know that. I I think that's actually, and again, unfortunately, if, if Bojo was here, he would know for sure. I think that's basically from the comic book story, the original comic book huh. story, or at least the long going one. I think the story of Joker being the one to kill him is only exclusively from the Batman eighty nine story. The movie. Um, I don't. I can't. Um, I can't say with complete confidence that that's the case. But okay. So now people. So so the uh, the idea is that this emblem is pieces of this guy's gun. It's it's a speculation that one guy has okay. that, that on Instagram right. who's a who's a big Batman fan, and it's just kind of like his thoughts. And I I mean I have no. You know, evidence to support that. I just thought it was a cool, cool idea that I kind of agreed with. Okay, would be cool. I need to look up more of this Joe Chill. I had no yeah. idea, honestly. I was d- dumb on that part. Yeah, well, if you saw Batman Begins, there's a there's a interaction with him and Joe Chill in that. Okay. Yeah. No, I remember that. I just don't remember him. Okay, cool. All right, so a little bit more Batman news. Uh, the animated series will return in comic book form, though, uh, this April. It's going to be called Batman. The Adventure Continues. Uh, it's going to be a six-issue limited series released digitally at um, at first. I guess it's called Digital First is the way they're describing it, uh, with the printed versions due to be released on May 6th at this point. Who knows if that'll change by then, but um, that's the story for now. Uh, the big news is it's going to be written by um, the Batman, the animated series co-creator Paul Dini, uh, with Alan Burnett, who wrote many of the uh, s- episodes for the original uh, cartoon series. The illustrator is returning. Uh, his name's Ty Templeton. He um, illustrated a lot of the original uh, Batman Adventures comic books, which uh, were spun off from the cartoon. Most famous from all those is um, Batman Adventures 12, probably, which uh, many people know are the first comic book appearance of one Harley Quinn. Uh, not in continuity, I think... I forgot what the content. I think it's just called uh, Batman Harley Quinn. Might be the uh, the DC. Um, that might be the DC first uh, DC continuity first appearance of her. But um, pretty interesting. Uh, it's supposed to be um, featured a lot of new characters that weren't initially in the cartoon series. Uh, I'm hearing Deathstroke, Azrael, and Red Hood. Who I guess I I didn't know that they were never in the original series. Um, you probably know it is uh, Jason Ho- uh, Jason Todd, excuse yeah. me. So that's pretty cool. Uh, DC Collectibles, of course, is uh, also planning to expand their action figure lineup with the existing and new characters coming from the series as well. I'm I'm, I'm actually quite excited to see how like Deathstroke and um, Red Hood, how they're translate drawn. to that. Yeah, because. I feel like it's did I think he was in some of the Teen Titan not like the Teen Titans Go stuff, but I think he was in some of that 
stuff and maybe in i don't know if he was ever in the justice league but yeah but this guy you know if it's got the same cartoony look and feel yeah. like i'm i'm really excited to see how they're drawn yeah and the covers think- look great did you see the so the one i posted the other day on um don't feed the geeks was the dave johnson one yes that's the guy who uh, we got jeff to buy that's that right. cover from <laughs> and we, we me and us and jave uh dave johnson uh ganked up on Jeff and uh, forced him to kind of buy that. He w- he was leaning towards it anyway, but I love Dave Johnson's work. He's been doing a lot of, uh, he was doing a lot of the um, Batman Beyond covers and I was pretty tempted to pick one up, but the one that he did, he's like, oh yeah, I sold that one a long time ago. It was the one that I really liked. I was like, all right, probably better for me. That's crazy. All right, so. Very cool, very cool. I'm excited for that. Yeah, I, now, I, I, it's it's a six, uh, I don't know if I said that, it's a six issue limited series as well, so. um I wonder if they're going to do this, you know, because I know back in the day uh, when when DC did their digital stuff first, like they were shorter stories. Mm. So like four stories would end up being a comic a, book. A, a right? comic book. Yeah. I wonder if they're going to do that with this. I wouldn't be surprised if they do. Yeah. But um, I guess we'll find like Injustice you're talking about did that. Yeah. Right? So they yeah. Did, they came out one a week. So right. it was once, and then when that month was done, the book came out. Yeah. So. I, I kind of like that because you get a little feel every week. It, it was it kept cool it too. going. The the only thing that would drive me crazy about that was like it'd be it ends so so short. I was, yeah. like, oh. I was like, all right, I gotta wait another week yep. now. But you knew a week later you were gonna. Yeah, get something. no, that's true. You're right. So the best thing would to do would have been to read it on a Sunday. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, so another uh, thing, uh, I guess, on the Netflix side, uh, Stranger Things released a teaser. I know you're a little bit behind, JJ. I am, yeah, yeah. But uh, me, the wife, and uh, my sister-in-law, we watched those uh, religiously. So nothing too crazy. I think it was uh, the only bombshell they dropped is that. So I'm going to spoil it Go for ahead. you. Go ahead. Hopper is still alive. And uh, I think, you know, they, by the way they ended last season, it was pretty obvious that he was. So it opens up. With um with him kind of like a uh, driving some stakes into the ground for a railroad somewhere snowy with Russian soldiers around him, so maybe it's Russia, I guess, but okay. who knows? So um that's cool that you you see him. He's got a shaved head and uh, no beard. That's it. Interesting. Yeah, I gotta catch up. I, I that's something maybe I gotta get my wife into because then that will force me to watch it. So that's a that's a big uh, bin watch there. Yes, uh, it's definitely worth it. I was uh, I would convince her to do it. Uh, so now to something we're super excited about. <laughs> That's great. Yes, huge Master of the Universe Revelations news was released. The voice cast, um, the entire voice cast was uh, released, and it goes without saying. Uh, I'm personally ecstatic about the castings. I mean, I have a whole list of here. I mean, we're going to probably spend an uh, exorbitant amount of time on it. Well, not exorbitant, but I'm, I'm so, going to spend a lot of time geeking out about this. This is a very, very impressive list of actors yeah. that Kevin Smith somehow pulled out of his butt to get. I mean, I told um, Tom Travers, because I know he's, you know, he was on our last episode and he's a huge massive universe guy. I was like, by this, this cast tells me how serious and how passionate kevin smith is about this project because the cast list that he put together for this is amazing now i mean right off the bat the mic drop here without doubt mark hamill skeletor Uh, i mean other than alan oppenheimer still being able to do it which is tough because i think he's like almost in his 90s right i mean this is the second best person i don't think that i would want to do it you couldn't get anybody better no 
No, other than going back to 1980 and getting out on hop, yeah. having to come back. I mean, the great thing, and I love that he did this. I think it's super respectful is that he does have Alan Oppenheimer voicing Mossman in the series, yes. who I don't even remember seeing. Maybe I didn't watch as many He-Man episodes as I thought I did. I never remember seeing Mossman appear, but he's going to play that character. So, I mean, it's probably going to be in a limited capacity, but just hearing, you know, Alan Oppenheimer's voice, you know, he did Skeletor, he did Man-at-Arms, he did some other characters. It's just, you need that voice in there. It's, it's pretty special. And, and, and seeing Mark has done, I mean, he's iconic for the Joker. Oh, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm sold right away. It, I... I can't I'm trying to I'm trying to visualize audio like trying to figure out like what it's going to sound like and it's just I think it's going to be amazing oh uh, I I have no doubt I mean I, oh. I have to go through this whole list because go it, for it. it just amazes me Lena Headey uh, Cersei from Game of Thrones she's going to be evil in Again. I mean, I mean, she already played that character, so it's not even a stretch for her. Basically, that's like kind of an extension of who she was it, on it, <laughs> Game of Thrones amazing um, Chris Wood, so I, I don't know if you uh, saw him in uh, Supergirl, but he played Monel. He's going to be playing Prince Adam and He-Man, and I think he's got the right voice for it. So I, we already discussed this, yeah, and, I, and I told you that we had to stop discussing this without um, talking about it on the podcast, was my only concern is, and I think the new series that they did did this, was they didn't really give a differentiation between the voice that um, the character used for He-Man and Prince Adam. I just hope that he does that. As like if he has like a different way of talking, like maybe you know talking one way and then maybe a slightly deeper voice for He Man, that's important to me. So I hope he I, does that. I think I think uh, Kevin Smith's got that. I mean, I, I, yeah, I can't. He if seems he's, to. If he's I, going through this much for just the cast, I think he's going to get that. And, and again, this out. is supposed to be a continuation of the original series. Yeah. I mean, you know, more adult, which I'm hoping doesn't mean like they're going to go to graphic violence and, you know, sexuality with it. But, you know, I'm okay with taking a little of the campiness out, like of I said course. last episode. But um, as long as they keep the same theme. Now, the next girl. <laughs> <laughs> I have such a thing for her. Oh, boy. This is trouble. Hey, hey. I, I sent her a letter in eighth grade. Oh. I think we might be dating, oh. so you better be careful. I've dated her so many times <laughs> in my dreams. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Things are getting off the rails. <laughs> All right. Say who it is. Sarah Michelle Geller. Buffy herself oh. is playing Tila. Um, that's awesome. Uh, uh, She's been doing so much voice work lately. And Star Wars is yeah. a huge one. I mean, that's... that's, that's I mean. And, and I can see... You know what? It's, it's so crazy that... I mean, we're going to go through this whole list. Every person's name, like even if I wasn't sure who they were, and I looked it up, and I and I saw, I was like, oh my god, that's perfect. Like, oh my so, god, so that's now, perfect. So now I'm visualizing her makeout scene in Cruel Intentions with the other girl. Oh so boy. You see, this is a problem. <laughs> All right, let's Sarah move on to the Jamel. next character. Then, <laughs> um, so Liam Cunningham, that is Davos from Game of Thrones. People, that he is playing man at arms. Freaking love this choice. <laughs> I mean. His voice is so perfect for that. Alan Oppenheimer was the one who originally did Man yep. of Arms, but he has the perfect voice. You know, maybe he'll put a little bit of accent in there. It's just Man at Arms. I see no problem with uh, Davos's voice. That I, I mean, it might be my favorite pick out of everyone. I mean, aside from like Mark, I, I'm still shell shocked the fact that Mark Hamill is even playing Skeletor. But like, this is a very close second. You know, I'm, I'm gonna break in here. So I would yeah. love to see what the original list of names that Kevin Smith had for each of these characters. And, and like, did he have other choices <laughs> for Mark Hamill? Did he have other choices for, you know, Chris Wood? What were the other choices that he had? I would not be surprised if this is his list. 
You think so? I wouldn't be surprised. Because, mm. you know, he's worked on Supergirl. So I, I'm sure like Chris would, he had all these people in mind. I mean, th- so the next name on the list, Steven Root, <laughs> Office Space. You know, the guy, uh, I think you have my stapler. Yeah, my stapler. <laughs> I mean, he's playing the voice of Cringer. I don't know if he's doing Battle Cat too, but I mean, they have him listed as Cringer. I was like, if he does it with that voice, I'm going <laughs> oh my to God. pass out. It's, it's, I mean, I'm, I'm dangerously excited about this now. It's getting to the point where if it doesn't reach my expectations, if it just comes close to reaching my expectations, it's going to be a hit. And I think I've already said that. I mean, the, the next one, Diedrich Bader. Love this Drew guy. Carey, Office Space. I mean, he's playing King Randor and Trapjaw. It, amazing choice. I mean, we, we talked about him the other day when we did the uh, when we were talking about the Harley Quinn sh- uh, animated series. Yes. He was playing Batman. It was just, he did such a great job. Yep. Um, Alan Oppenheimer, again, he's, you know, he's the original Skeletor, Man-at-Arms and everything. He's going to be a uh, Moss Man. Susan Eisenberg is playing the sorceress. She's the woman who did all the classic, like the '90s animation Wonder Woman. She did the yep. Justice League. I'm like, that's that's perfect. Like she has such a regal voice. I mean, she's a ideal choice for the sorceress. I, I know you skipped over a couple here. Um, you know, one of my favorite guys. I mean, he's a singer, Henry. Rollins. I think we may have it in a different order, but yeah, go. Oh, ahead. okay. Yeah. I'm so sorry. No, 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 I'm so sorry. No, I, I didn't have that one on my list actually. Henry Rollins. Now yes. this is. Originally in the '80s, early '80s, Black Flag, lead singer of Black Flag. I mean, hardcore punk, just beat him up. You know, go to town. He's voicing uh, Triclops. Triclops. <laughs> That's awesome. Like, I can visualize him doing this. Now, Henry Rollins. If if anybody knows who he is, I mean, he's just he's a huge dude, and just you don't want to meet this guy in, a, in an alley because he'll just look he'll just beat the crap out of you. <laughs> I've, I've seen him on interviews and stuff like, and he's just the nicest guy on the planet but you know he's heavily tatted and everything else but I mean he's a voice of one of these characters it's amazing to yeah. see his name on this list again how did he get like how did Kevin Smith go we're going to get Henry Rollins to do this I, <laughs> I I mean it must just be like all his friends who he knows are into like He-Man and it's just like all right, I think you're perfect for this. You can do that. And it's just like, it's, I mean, there's there's characters that I've never even seen on the screen before, but I'm seeing name, like, I'll I'll get back to the the, the ones. But um, Alicia Silverstone. What? Alicia Silverstone, (laughs) Batgirl, Clueless. I mean, she's playing Queen Marlena, you know, He-Man's mom. And she's dropped off the planet for the last few years. She's she's come back recently with some stuff. I haven't seen her in anything, but I think she was doing some HBO show. Yeah, no idea. Or something like that. It's nice to see her back. She she left to, like, raise her kids. Raise her kids. Yep. And she's big into that PETA crap, you know, right? Dogs and cats? I don't know. I mean, I like dogs and cats. I don't need them. That's why I don't have any corona. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, we'll, we won't get into that. Uh, Justin Long, I mean, you know, he's in the movie Accepted. He was in Galaxy Quest. Which he's, one was he? He's the one in, in Galaxy Quest. He's the nerdy kid who like talks him through the uh, how to get oh, to like the, okay. the MacGuffin oh. thing. Again, we're talking about MacGuffins. Again. But he's playing Roboto. I was like, okay, again, another character I don't even remember from the original animated series. Okay. Um, you have uh, James Hughes, his uh, Jason Kevin, Hughes. Kevin Smith's buddy. Yeah. He's playing Stinkor, <laughs> which is like, I, I don't even know what Stinkor is supposed So Stinkor actually is a character I never think made the original original animated series. No, I, I remember his like figure coming out like the fourth or fifth Yeah, line. he was like, like uh, was- he was basically a variation of Merman, but like he had this thing where he smelled. 
Yes, and, yes. And they're like, you can make the toy, but this is such a ridiculous character. We're never putting it in the movie. And you know, in it's the funny show. Is we haven't we haven't seen or heard this character speak, but no. I can I can picture oh. Jason Mewes doing this character. A hundred percent. Jason Mewes, if if you wanted me to give him another name, I would probably refer to him as Stinkor. Probably. <laughs> there is no drug addict kind of thing <laughs> um, Another one, Phil Lamar. Where? Phil Lamar, what? Mad TV, Justice hell? League. I mean, he's playing Hero. I think that's like the bad version of I, I, He-Man, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, Again, another fantastic voiceover actor. Yes. I mean, he's done so much. Uh, what's that one with uh, Planet uh, Planet Express? I mean, he was uh, one of those characters. Um, oh my goodness, uh, Matt Going. Uh, oh my God, I'm, I'm blanking I'm, out. I, I'm unfortunately Jeez. have no idea where you're going. I'm Bender sorry. the robot. Uh, oh, um, yeah. Uh, darn it, it hasn't been on in a while, man. But he was one of those character voices. Which he I he loved. was on that show as well. Yeah. <sighs> Why am I? Uh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I'm blanking on that. Now, see, I'm gonna have to look this one up. Um, yeah, you look that up, and then I'll I'll go into the next character here. So who else do we got? Um, we have a big one here, Kevin Conroy. Huge you know, Futurama, a, you know, Batman, Futurama. Futurama. That's right. Um, he, you know, Batman from Batman the Animated Series. He was on Crisis on Infinite Earths recently. Uh, he's gonna be doing Merman. I was like, I can't wait to hear Kevin Conroy play Merman. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I see, you know, I see a theme with all these names. Like he, you know, Kevin Smith definitely pulled from. Looks like any person that was in a Batman show or movie. Oh, yeah, I mean, he pulled a lot of them. So Pretty DC movies. So this is one guy I don't know. Kevin Michael Richardson is playing Beast Man. Are you familiar with that name? I'm not, I looked him up, but the, I didn't see a lot of stuff on well, him. Thundercat. So he must have been just a voiceover. He's a mm, voiceover character. Okay. So um, I'm cool with that though. Um, we have Tony. Do you know who Tony Todd is? Tony Todd is the guy who played uh, the Candyman in the movie Candyman. He was in. He, he played in Star Trek. He played the um, Worf's brother in a What's Star the name Trek. Tony what? Tony Todd. If you see him, you know you know him. He was in. Um, he was in The Rock. Oh, he was I like this guy. He's great. He's playing He's this ca- character Scareglow. But wasn't wasn't he in Gotham? Maybe. Probably. I didn't. Oh I, no, I he remember. was in the Flash. I'm so sorry, the Flash. Yes. Ah, he, there we go. So he did the voice. He wasn't actually in it, but he did the voice of Zoom. Yes. When he was in the Zoom yes, character, yes, great, yes, great yes. voice actor. Yes. Oh, uh, excellent. I like him. Yeah. Uh, there's somebody named Cree Summer, another name I don't know, and they're playing somebody called Priestess, who I'm also not familiar with. Again, I, did, a- I didn't do a deep dive in that. Um, but then we also have um, Kevin Smith's daughter, Harley Quinn Smith. Uh, playing someone, Elena. I'm also not 100% sure who that character is. Maybe it's a new character. Oh, there was an Orko person, too. I don't remember who that was. Griffin Newman. I think he plays in the new show, The Tick. Yeah, he's in The Tick. He plays He's the, not the big guy. Is no, he, he the, plays the secondary character. Wow. The big guy is the uh, is the guy from... I like his voice. Yeah, he's the guy from Guardians of the Galaxy yes. who says, What a bunch of a-holes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, but this list, I mean, there's Tiffany Smith. I think that's his wife, um, Kevin Smith's wife. She's playing somebody named Andra. Um, the, the, the list is just immensely impressive, especially to anyone who's a Master Universe fan. Uh, I think you can see almost all these characters doing uh, the voice, all these actors, excuse me, doing the characters' voices. No, Tiffany Smith is not his... Uh, his it's not? No. Some young girl. Oh, I apologize then. 
Yeah, not no. She's been in a couple of movies. All right. Yeah, his wife's an actress. It's not, yeah. Her name's not Tiffany though. That I know. All right. Apologies. That's all right. I I I don't want to give bad information. I just made that. But up. this is an incredible list. Yeah. It's I. I, I and I think we're going to get a release date pretty soon as well. Where is this going to be on? Netflix. Is it going to be Netflix? Yes. So they must have, they must have paid some money. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it helps. I, I think the animated stuff, it's it's easier to do this kind of stuff and, you know, this type of list level um, when you're doing the animated work as opposed to the live action. The only problem with this is, you know, they're going to release all, you know, 12, 13 episodes and we're going to binge watch it yeah, one freaking day and I then am. we're going to be like we have to wait another year for another freaking season. I'm going to I'm going to try to stretch it to 2 days. Yeah, 2 days. <laughs> <laughs> um all right, but I, I think that's a wrap for the geek beat for now. Um next we're going to move on to our interview with Tom Maletta, Best Comics International. Uh great interview. Uh I really encourage you guys to check it out. Uh, check out Best Comics too. Uh, they're they're always running some sweet deals. If you uh, if you listen till the end, you'll hear uh, Tommy tell tell you about some of the uh, the promotions they got going on recently. But um, and all around, it's just a great store. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's our store that we go to, yeah. and it's you know we we support. Yeah, they'll, them totally. they'll, they'll take care of you guys if you go in there. Uh, all right, so here we go to our interview with Tom Maletta. All right, we're on location today at thirteen hundred Jericho Turnpike in New Hyde Park, New York. What? Why are you looking at me like that? Are you going to say, like, where we're at? Yes. Okay. <laughs> to proudly introduce the owner and proprietor of Best Comics International, Tom Maletta. Nice. Tom, welcome. Hi, thank you. How are you? <laughs> Good. All right, so now before we get into discussing Best Comics, the, you know, the store and the brand, let's dive into the origin story of its owner. Tom, what was the geek, comic and geek content that initially drew you into the hobby? Oh, this is going back a long time now. <laughs> I had to be about seven, eight years old. My parents took me to my great aunt Goldie's house for Christmas. And while all the adults were in the kitchen, I was out on the couch next to the Christmas tree reading the uh, classics comics that their son had left out. And... Things like Frankenstein, From the Earth to the Moon by Jules Verne, things like that. And uh, ever since then, I was hooked, and I started collecting Marvel comics mostly. I dabbed in D.C., you know, when I used to go for my crew cuts with the bazooka bubble gum. They, <laughs> o- they always had the old suit mans out and the lowest lanes and the actions, and I read those, but I was more of a Marvel guy, and Spidey was my main character. Oh, good choice. And... Uh, <laughs> I've always collected, you know, throughout high school and college and going on with life. I've always had an affinity for comic books. And uh, and after I left my uh, former ex-family business was the auto industry, I got out of that. And uh, around 30 years old, I said, what could I do that I could make money with and really have a good time? And I said, comics. No brainer, right? Yeah. <laughs> wow. And... Uh, 30 years later and five stores later, here I am, still going. All right. That's very, very cool. cool. Wow. Yeah, so you started this, you started a comic book store at 30? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Your uh, own? At your 1990. I actually started selling to 7-Elevens first and supplying them with the comics on their racks, but the problem with the 7-Elevens is you had to give them returnability. Uh-huh. So that only worked for about six months because <laughs> I like... 
taking money in, I don't like giving it back. <laughs> That's fair. That's very fair. And uh, after that, I uh, got a partnership in a Hamptons Bay store out in the Hamptons. And uh, then I bought the guy out. I ran out for a while, but it wasn't a good location. Then I opened up in uh, Little Neck in a small store on Northern Boulevard. And then I moved to Greenville with another store on Glen Cove Road. And then I moved to a bigger store in Little Neck across the street. I was there for about 10 or 15 years. And then I've been here in New Hyde Park for about, oh, almost 15 years now. Wow. So has it always been the best comics name? Yeah, variations of it, because every time I moved my business, I was always suggested by my attorney to change the corporate name. But it always it was always DBA is Best Comics. It used to be Best Comics Distribution when I used to do a lot of wholesaling. It's been Best Comics Alone. It's been Best Comics and Hobbies. And now it's Best Comics International. But my actual corporate name is Jericho Comics. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. Learn something but, new. But my DBA has always been Best Comics. Got it. Hmm. So, I mean, from from all that, we can definitely tell that you're a veteran in the industry. You've been around a long time. How many of the shops since you've started would you say are still around? Ah, I see them come and go. Yeah, Only sure, a few. Right? Yeah. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that I've always been a businessman from my stepfather. He taught me how to run a business when I was 16, 17 years old, even before I went to college. And I think using that mentality going into the comic book business is uh, you have to run it like any other business. And these guys that I've seen come and go, they haven't done that. You can't walk in. You know, I used to walk into comic stores when I was a kid and there was sawdust on the floor, a couple of lights up on the ceiling and the comics hung on the wall. And I always and never in a million years would I think I'd have a comic store. But I always used to say walking into these stores and Mike's Comic Hut was one of them in mm-hmm. Flushing. And I used to walk in there and I just go, boy, if I have a comic book store, my store would never look like this. <laughs> no, that, that's one of the things I've always said about your shop. It always looks clean. Like, I, you I, you know, we're here all the time. So we see people constantly cleaning, constantly vacuuming. You know, it, it, when you walk in, you don't want to be disgusted by the place of business right. you're in because you don't want to stay in there otherwise. So. Well, but, it, 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 it's not, it's just, I've learned a long time ago, you know, somebody walking in that's going to drop $500 or whatever on a book or on a statue, they don't want to walk into a store that, doesn't look well and like if they're spending that kind of money uh, yeah you're, and, you you're know, 100% right that's the I think that's the right way to do it if you're going to do it well it's worked for me yeah. I mean so far like like I said I've seen them come and go and there's there's a few guys still around like uh fourth world comics and a couple other guys and but they they run their stores the same way yeah you know you know Glenn at fourth world he's a friend of mine and uh He's just, uh, you know, I respect him because he runs his store like I do. He's got a really nice, clean, neat store, too. Nice. So in terms of the industry as a whole, what would you say since when you started to now are kind of like the biggest differences? Well, for me, it was when Bowen got out of the business, when he went through a divorce and the company dissolved Mm -hmm. because Bowen was a big part of my business. I, distrib- I distributed a lot of Bowen statues um, throughout the years that kept me going. I remember when I first started working here, it was all Bowen all the time. Yeah, yeah and I, <laughs> I, I did very well with that. And yeah. that was a, when Bowen got out of it, that was a big hit for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it almost put me down, but I just had to 
regroup and uh, find other things. Like, you know, there's been Pokemon where Pokemon, you know, I went to, I took my family to Italy on Pokemon money. <laughs> it, it was like cardboard on crack. Oh, yeah, interesting. Yeah, crack on cardboard, I should say. <laughs> yeah. um, I used to walk in and at, by three o'clock, kids would be surrounding me like I was the Pied Piper by buying, <laughs> buying specialty cards that were 20 to $100 each. And, you know, I did that for a while. Then we did the basketball cards with Shaquille O'Neal rookies and LeBron James. That was a big deal. But always with the comics, you know, uh, the new comics every week and just going into other things like now with Hot Toys and uh, Sideshow. But yeah, there's so much out with them now. The, the one staple that's kept me alive all these years is, you know, I don't need to sell new comics every week. The reason mm -hmm. I sell new comics, I don't make any money on it. Everybody says, oh, you know, comics, four or five dollars, you're making a lot. You're not. You'll never make a living on just new comics. The reason I do new comics is because you see the same people every week, and then you show them the old stuff. Mm -hmm. Because the old stuff is where the money is. That's where you make your money. You know, I had an Action 1 at one time in my life, which was a $50,000 book for me. Yeah. Wow. You, know, and, and, you know, but that's what has helped me survive, the old comics. Like the Spidey 129 I just showed you, mm -hmm. you know. That's where you make your money. But the new comics, no, I do it because I want to see the people every week. Yeah. But uh, I've had to switch, I've had to change gears quite a few times over the years to keep going. And yeah, that's a big it's thing. Just, you know, it's it's a matter of survival. Yeah. yeah. You got to adapt with the change, right? Right, with exactly. Ne necessity, ne necessity is the mother of all invention. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So uh, grading is kind of, it's still fairly new for the most part, right? Well, grading? Yeah. Grading's been around grading. since 2000. Yeah. That's when CGC started, right around there, 1999, 2000. And that has changed the industry considerably. It's basically turned it upside down on its head. Yeah. Because it brought in quite a few new investors outside of the comic industry. Mm -hmm. And people make a good living now just off the commissions of selling yeah. old books, whether it's Comic Link or, uh, you know, uh, the guy in Texas, the... Lone Star or something? Or Lone Mike, Star, yeah. Mile High Comics. You know, all these guys, you know, they're, they're making big money now with mm -hmm. these, as I am occasionally, not as often as they do, because I focus on a lot of other things. Do you remember when CGC first came out, what you thought of it at the time? Or what... The general consensus. Yeah, was it was. Uh, it is a good question. Everybody thought I'm it was. I'm sure people didn't just accept it right no, away, right? Everybody thought it was BS, and it's just another angle. But it grew because people saw the money that was being made on. You know, now you don't have to take a dealer's word that the book is not restored. Mm. Now you can send it in, and you can get a committee of five, six, seven people looking at the book with a head grader making the final decision that the book wasn't restored. They have black lights and all other things in their facilities to check for restoration, for color touch, for ink and things like that. I mean, things you couldn't see with the naked eye or I couldn't pick out a 
occasionally it happens. Yeah. You know, there's a few people around that can spot, like, you know, Alan. Yeah. Like, you know, he's good with that, but that's his thing. That He loves that. Yeah. Not everybody he, can do that. Right. Yeah. I mean, I would never have the patience yeah. to sit yeah, there. Yeah, there's probably only grade. a handful of people who can really do that's that right. nowadays. That's right. Who don't already and, work for CGC. Yeah, exactly. But uh, grading has changed the... CGC has changed the landscape of the business. Yeah. I mean, look, look at action number one. Action number one ungraded before grading was around sold for 10,000, 20,000, 30,000, a really nice one 50,000. Mm-hmm. Now they're going for millions of dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Which probably never would have happened if grading didn't It's true. Like that. Right. Um so this is actually a question from Zach or most of our listeners know him as Bojo, bonus Jonas. <laughs> so uh he 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 came up with Tell this Zach Tell Zach to come in and pick up his books. Don't worry, we will. We'll make him listen to this. (laughs) So he recommended this question. He said, what do you think the biggest misconception people have about running a comic shop are? That it's all fun and games. It's not business. Yeah. They're just reading comics all the time. (laughs) And people don't realize it's like any other business. You've got to pay payroll taxes, 941 taxes, sales tax, federal tax, or insurance for this rent every month. It, it's like anything else. If you're going to run a business, you can have fun. Yeah. But you, you got to do the work, right? You got to do the work and put the time in. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, Agree. That was a good question from Zach. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> Zach. He's he's always good like that. Yes. <laughs> All right. So you mentioned uh, new comics before. They're not really, you know, what, what brings the money into the store. But what do you have to go through to actually order the new comics? Because, I mean, we know a little bit, but it's a pretty involved process, right? Yes, you have number one. You have to have a brick and mortar store. Mm-hmm. Uh, they made that about ten, twelve years ago. Because too ma- yeah, yeah, because too many people were just buying through Diamond as mm-hmm. a distributor. Oh, so you could you, you used to be able to buy them individually. Yeah, Diamond? you had to, you had to meet a minimum, like you had to do five thousand a month in sales with them. Uh, cost. Mm-hmm. But now get, you have to have an actual store. But now, besides that, five thousand. Or whatever the number is, because I've obviously surpassed that. Yeah, uh, you have to have a brick and mortar store, which is good, mm-hmm. because it protects people like me that are paying rent and salaries and everything else. Yeah, I mean, my, my 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 expenses here a month, roughly ten thousand without salary and mm-hmm. no, I'm sorry, not without salary, are ten thousand a month besides product. You know, product is thirty forty thousand a month for me. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it, it, it's not easy. And, you know, after 30 years, is it always fun? No, but I still have interest in it that keeps me here. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I got I got a very good group of people that work for me that are in the store a lot of hours. And, uh, you know, that, that's, that makes a big difference, too, your employees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because... If I had to do it myself, I'd probably be out of business <laughs> because I, sometimes I hide in the office because, you know, after doing this for 30 years and at my age, I just don't have the patience mm-hmm. that you young whippersnappers <laughs> do. Yeah, it, it, it helps when you have people who are passionate about it, you know, working with you too. Like, you know, you know Zach like, used to work here a long Nick, time. Nick, Nick Zach, you know, Chris, they, you know, they, all you know, those they, guys. They, they, lo- they love the industry and, you yeah. know, it translates to the even customers. The, yeah. Even the kids, like, I shouldn't call him a kid because yeah. he's 21, 22, but he's a kid to me. Yeah. Even like uh, Jake. Yeah. And uh, when you help me out. Yeah. Yeah, Matt. Matt, Matt still, yeah, still puts right. in his time here. Yeah, no, he does, and, and I love Matt. And, yeah. and you know, you, you guys are great. And 
that, I, I couldn't do it without my employees. Yeah, I think that's a big years. thing. You always you're very good at choosing the right people to be working in the store with well, you as not well. All the, not well, all the no, time. Well, no, for the most part, I think a lot it of the people that you know we're, we're yeah. friends with most of the people that work there. You know, we hang out with them outside of the store. You know, that's that that really makes a difference. Mm -hmm. You know, the type of people you have in the store, as opposed to you know just a guy looking to like you know well, what do you want you know on anything and you know no it just does, leave you it alone. does it yeah. does make a difference definitely does. So people are still a little bit varying crazy, although I think it's dying down. I know you guys have to go through a pretty crazy process to get some of these rare variants. What do you guys have to do to the kind of the hoops you have to jump through to get through some of these variants that people go crazy about? Well, firstly, I leave that to Nick. Because, <laughs> Good plan. <laughs> because if I was ordering the book still, I would order one cover and <laughs> you either like it or you don't. Yeah. But, uh, no, I'm being funny, but Nick does all the variant covers. You usually have to, you know, there are incentives to buy variant covers. It's like one every five or one every 15 or one every 25, and sometimes it's one every 100. But you have to decide if Is it worth buying, it to get 100, buying 100 comics at four ninety nine each, that's $500. And then you got to figure out the cost of the books as opposed to your actual sales. And are the leftover books going to compensate for the price that you're putting out that one variant for? Mm -hmm. I mean, a one in 500 variant, I, I got to get at least 300 to $350 be before I can see any profit. And I won't always do that unless I have a specific customer in mind that I know is going to buy it. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll, you know people, <laughs> like, people like that or yeah. somebody requests it and they'll ask me first how much the price will be. Right. But uh, I think that personally, I think there's too many variant covers out there. Yeah. Because in 10 years, here's the bottom line. Which variant covers are going to be worth something and which aren't? Or maybe the regular cover is going to be worth more. You don't know. So, yeah. yes, this, this collectability business is very cyclic. And this is a cycle. The variants are calming down now. You're right. I think that they're, they're hurting the market now. Because people are just getting tired of spending four or five dollars a book and buying the same book with three different covers. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, it's going to implode sooner or later. And we're going to go back to one cover, and then it's going to pick up again, just like in the late '90s with the uh, with the image with all the sparkly covers and everything. <laughs> you know, people got tired of that. Yeah, and that was the downfall of image. But they recouped themselves, and uh, it's always fine trying to find the next thing, right? Right. Right, that's what it is. It's always trying to find the next big thing. You know, they've come out with the the acetate covers and this and that, and like the uh, they'll find like a Steve Ditko piece that was never put into a comic book, <laughs> and they'll put it as a special variant cover. Yeah, that's funny. And but people are they're, they're passionate in the respect that you'll have a guy that'll spend five hundred dollars on a Steve Ditko cover. I've had him. Yeah. yeah. You know, so I, I I don't see it. I mean, it's lasted a while now, two or three years, maybe a little bit more. But like Tess said, I see it calming down. Yeah. And it'll cycle down and then it'll cycle back up. To something else, right? Right. Right. So pretty much what we're all into now, and I think most of the community, like you said, are the old books, the keys. Um, how do you guys go about replenishing those, you know, on a, just on a going, daily just, basis? Just going out there and looking for collections, advertising for collections, word of mouth. Old customers that are not into it anymore, they'll come back in and sell back collections. It, it's it's fifty different ways to get collections. Yeah. It's probably a hard thing to rely on too, right? Because like you don't know when they're going to come in. No, 
no, I, I turn down six collections a week that are just garbage. Yeah. yeah. That people think I'm sending their children to college with. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you know, the collection that you guys know I bought in the summer mm-hmm. was a mind-staggering collection. Mm-hmm. You know, it was 5,000 books of stuff that's keeping me going every day. And, uh, you know, you come across those once a year. You know, the year before that, I had the signature stuff from Stan Lee oh, for yeah. the convention, yeah. you know. That I was got, I, I got I, one I, of those. I, <laughs> I, I flew down to Florida for that. You know, the guy wow. met me at one of the New York comic conventions, and he says, listen, I've talked to other dealers. Nobody wants a ball to come down and look at it. You want to come down? I said, sure, I'll come down. You know, I go down there every couple of months anyway to see my mom. So okay. he lived a half an hour away from my mom. So I drove oh, there. <laughs> yeah, I drove there, looked at the collection, bought it, and then drove it home. So, so when you deny somebody or say, you know, I'm not going to buy this, the reaction that you get, is it like... What are some of the reactions that you get? Like, well, you still gotta people you, still gotta you still gotta make people feel like they have something that's value, but I may not be interested. And this is true that I may not be interested because I either have tons of it already, or their books are just dog eared. I mean, some guys will come in and their comics will be bagged and bored perfectly. And I don't have to change the bags and boards. All I gotta do is slap a price on them, put them in the dollar books, the five dollar books. Those I'll buy. I'll tell people, your collection is worth maybe three hundred dollars. I'll give you a hundred dollars for it, or maybe one hundred and fifty, depending on the actual condition of the books. Other people that come in, you know, you know, you gotta understand. Half these people come in, they come in with brown boxes with their comics just thrown in mm. that look like they've been in a flood or something, <laughs> and I don't even want to touch them because they're cruddy. Their ears are chewed off from mice or yeah. from silverfish or whatever. You know, there's, there's a, I got to draw a line somewhere. Right. And I tell people, uh, you really expect me to look through this? Or you really want me to buy this? Because I can't buy this. I can't go through it. Well, why not? Why not? Your, your books are not in good shape. They might be worth something to you or to somebody else, but really not to me. Yeah, yeah. And I try and let them down as easy as I can because you don't want to piss people off or insult them either because you don't want them going out and bad-mouthing you. And then, right. and, and not for the, so much for the, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Not so much for the recognition of being not nice to the guy or something, but, you know, word of mouth is. Yeah, reputation, right? Reputation, plus yeah. you don't want somebody not coming in because they heard that you treat their collection like so. Right. Yeah, it's, you have to be careful what you say to people. To make them not feel too bad or, you know, a guy, uh, I'll have somebody come from Brooklyn or something. And they'll call me first and they say, oh, I got about 300, 400, 500 books. Do you buy them? I said, yeah, bring them in. Well, how much are you going to give me? I can't tell you that until I see it. <laughs> I can't tell you that until I see it. It's funny. But I let them know. Could be $20, could be $200. You know, you're taking a chance coming down. Mm-hmm. And I try and do whatever I can, uh, either what's right for me or what's right for them. Hmm. That's a good point. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So you said before that you had an action one years ago, right? What's the story behind that? Because that doesn't come around every day. <laughs> no, no. That came around. That ship came around once in my life, and that was the down payment for my first house. <laughs> uh, I had a guy that was coming in. Well, he first walked into me. This was one of my first doors in Little Mac in the late, in the early to mid nineties. He came in and he says, I have a whole DC collection of all the DC books from 1970 back. Great. <laughs> Bring in the Superman one, the Batman one, the yeah. action one. 
No, 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 no. I'm going to give you the newest stuff first, and we're going to go backwards because I know once I sell you, sell you the old stuff, you're not going to be interested in the new oh. stuff. <laughs> and he, he was very smart like that. So two and a half years later, after I got through... All the books with him, and they were. A Did lot you end up buying books. like everything? From yeah, that? I had to. <laughs> yeah, that's. Then good. when we finally got down to the nitty gritty, I was like, "Yeah, it's about time." And I had the first Batman, I had the first Robin, the first Superman. Wow. I had them all, and the action one, he brings into me, and CGC had just opened up, and I had a friend there that was running CGC. Uh, he told me, and I drove the book to Jersey when they were in Jersey before they moved to Sarasota. And uh, the guy looked at it and he said to me, you know, this book is restored. I go, oh, I didn't know that. And he says, yeah, there's a color touch on it. And uh, I said, oh, well, just grade it. And he says, no, 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 no. We don't want to grade it with a restored grade. We want to grade it without a restored grade. The grade will be less, but it'll be unrestored. And I said, oh, he says it's a difference of like $10,000. So he says, so I said, well, what do I got to do? He says, by the time you bring the book through the door, that corner's got to be gone. <laughs> so outside, outside, leaning over the hood of my car, I'm having quite the conversation with myself that, I'm, that oh I got to rip the corner off the action one. Oh, my God. And I finally did it. I brought it in, and I went to lunch, came back, was graded, and it came back a 1.5 unrestored. Wow. <laughs> and uh, rather than it coming back a 2.5 restored, that would have made a difference of yeah. 10000 less. Wow. So That must have been extremely stressful for you. To yeah, do. it was. It was. <laughs> but I got the book back, and uh, I sold it two days later. Oh. Oof. to another dealer that had somebody lined up for it and I got my money out of it and I was happy and I used that for the down payment on my first house. That's great. <laughs> Jim, your face. I'm in shock. Like, $10,000 difference between uh, a restored... A higher grade restored. Yeah. And... Well, it was a little bit more than that. It was like forty five compared to 60000 That's amazing. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. So, uh, would you say from that collection those are the biggest books that have ever passed through yeah. your stores? Yeah. Yeah, because he had the whole uh, Justice League run... The Golden Age. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wonder Woman's, the Batman's, the detectives, everything. And So Batman fool, won. Foolishly at the time, I sold too many of the books ungraded mm. because CGC well, wasn't new. that you never know. right. big yeah. deal yet. And, uh, you know, there's always hindsight. You look back on stuff. Yeah, like, shoulda, true. woulda, coulda. But, you know, listen, people say, oh, you should have held on to the action one. It would be worth $100,000 now. It doesn't matter. You yeah. got your house. <laughs> I, I yeah. got a house, and I sold my house five years later, and I doubled my money. So yeah. what's what's the same the, thing? Yeah. yeah, it's the same difference. Yeah, you're not always going to do everything perfectly either. So there right. was a Detective Twenty Seven, Batman One, all that was in there. Yeah, wow. that's yeah. great. Did you, get, a, did you get any of the other ones graded, or was it just the uh, the action? Just the action. That's that was great. The, that was yeah. <laughs> Listen, I didn't know better. You know, we all make mistakes, but. I'm still here yeah. talking about it. I would say it. it's a mistake, but, you know, because you did pretty well. No, with them, but sure. I should have I had more patience with the other books. But, you know, I was hot. Listen, I was making money. I was hot to sell them. Yeah. You know, I was getting all that, you know, cash. Business was great. Things were good. Bought the house, bought a boat, you know. Did okay. <laughs> no, no, no complaints. 
so I, so I kind of had a fun question. So other than comics and like comic, you know, related stuff, what's kind of the strangest stuff you've bought in the store to sell? Oh, that's a good question too. Strange. I've really had some oddball stuff in the store. Uh, I would say like TV memorabilia, like from the old '50s shows and '60s shows, like lunch boxes and lunch pails, and that's cool stuff. Some of the old GI Joe '60s dolls, like uh, GI Joe and the space capsule and nice. things like that. And uh, what else? Uh, old tin toys, old pulps from the '20s, things like that. I'll look at anything. Yeah. If if I feel that I have a niche for it where I can resell it. I'll, I'll definitely do that. And uh, get back to work, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. You're good, Nick. I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, I, I, I've always noticed that you. You, you know, you we have, used like, to a lot when of, I used to be called. Yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt you. When, yeah, we, no. when I was best comics and hobbies in Little Neck, I was uh, selling trains. I was into Lionel trains. Oh, and, wow! Yeah. And the race cars, the slot cars, you know, just to try different things. And oh, is that where the hobby name came from? Yeah, and the, the 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 old trains that people used to come in try and sell, you know, the old Lionel trains. Just amazing, some of these yeah, trains the way they look. Those. Yeah, the G scale and the O scale, and then the N scale and the H scale. You know, you learn a lot just trying these things. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, it's crazy. Hmm. <laughs> So let's talk about conventions a little bit. We know that, you know, we've seen you at a lot of conventions. You know you do conventions. How do you decide which are the right conventions to do? Which ones do you think will be best for best comics? Best for best comics. <laughs> well, best comics, I feel, is a name out there that when people hear best comics, they think of, you know, best comics is a pretty well-known name at this point. Yeah. And I'm pretty big in the respect that I sell the statues and I do the old books. Not like some of these other guys, but, you know. You have a little bit of everything. And I won't do the little local shows. Okay. I stay away from those because I have an image that I want, a perception of an image that I want to keep up. And I don't feel it's in the best interest of best comics to do every little show that there is and have people look and say, well... Why is Best Comics here? You know, they're, they're big guys. Why, yeah. do they, why do they feel they have to do a little show? And I always have that in my mind and the perception of Best Comics I want to be. When I set up at New York Comic Con, I spend a lot of money, as you all know, mm -hmm. with the glass cases, with the lights, and this and that, and the carpet, and setting it up just right. So there's a perception that Best... Well, it's not just a perception. It's reality of how big we are and how much business we do mm -hmm. it's like you said before with the presentation yeah well yeah. Uh, perception of value yeah i've always lived by that and that's everything perception of value that's important to relate that to customers and to people that come in and buy from you it's all about perception of value whether you tell them wow this is the last one like this or this is a special cover and they usually are but it's all about perception of value and I don't feel, I feel I need to do the larger shows like New York Comic Con and the other large shows out there. I'm going to probably do Mohegan Sun this year and a couple other shows in Jersey just because I feel that I need to get out and do the bigger shows. Mm -hmm. But I used to do Chicago. I used to do California, San Diego Con years ago. But it's harder now at this age. 
you know, I've been doing this for 30 years since I've been 30 years old. I'm getting tired. Yeah. Mm. And I can't do every show like I used to. And I can't do every show anymore for the last five years. Mm. That's why I have six guys helping me set up at these shows. And because you would have a lot of work still. Yeah. yeah. I, I can't do it alone anymore. It's a lot of work. And like I said, if I didn't have my employees, I couldn't mm. do it. So in answer to your question about how do I decide on shows, I look at the show. I also look at the promoter of the show. That's very important to mm -hmm. me because I've had run-ins with some people that I don't even know why they're doing shows. They're just not the right people. And I don't have to mention names. So we all, we all yeah. know who we're talking about. And it's also the price, which has really never been a concern for me because in my head, if I'm making the money, what's the difference with the show cost? Yeah. It's like New York Comic Con. The show cost me 15 grand to do it without inventory. But... I make enough that it warrants me spending fifteen mm -hmm. grand. Otherwise, I wouldn't bother. Yeah. So that's that's how I decide how to do shows. So when you have a show that you're at, like say, even if it's a big show, you know, sometimes the shows just aren't good. How do you like make the best out of like shows that aren't necessarily profitable? I'll go and I'll buy. Yeah. Other dealers. Mm. Because if I'm not having a good show, a lot of people are not having right. a good show. It's a good time so to buy. Capitalizing on I've done that over the last couple of years, especially at the. Uh, Cradle of Aviation, which I sponsor. Yeah. You know, I there was a guy there having a not a great show, and he had a hundred CGC books <laughs> that I bought across the board at a low price because yeah. it wasn't doing any business. So you know, if a show's not good, I'll go out and around and I'll spend money mm. if I can get good deals. You also get the name out there even more. Like that's why you said you would go into Jersey and stuff like that. Right. So, you know, I mean, I, I think in this area, New York for sure, Long Island, you know, um, you know the the city. Everybody pretty much knows yeah. best comics, but maybe not so much in Jersey. Right. It's a new market to grow into. Yeah, just make sure that you guys are all free May twenty eighth and thirty first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're gonna be doing the show too. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. So, a kind of a final question here. Uh, where do you see the industry in 10 years? That's a good question. That is a question that I was expecting. Yeah, that, that was that's that was the one I, I figured was gonna you got was gonna trip you up. Well, yeah. I'm gonna be 61 this year, and I just <laughs> I just signed my two years ago. I signed my lease with my landlord for another 10, and I got eight years left. And I don't know if I'm gonna be out after that. Uh, it depends where the industry is. Like you said, where do I see this business going? It's not going to be, it's never going to be what it was because there's too many people now that are into the digital with the computers and everything else and their phones because the guys that are still buying comics and some kids like the paper, like the feel of the comic book, like touching it, like reading it, putting it away maybe on the next to the toilet and reading it again three days later, whatever. And I think that most of my customers today are 25 and older. I don't have a lot of kids anymore, but I haven't had a lot of kids for the last five, 10 years. So, cause everybody's into computers and phones. Hmm. So where the industry is going, I think it's still going to be around, <laughs> but I think it's going to be on a, different level i don't think new comics are going to be the mainstream of the industry in 10 or 15 years i see the older books 
still continuing to go. I see the restored graded books. You know, right now, a restored graded book is 20, 30% of a regular price. If you have a book that's a $400 book, but the same book is restored, it's worth maybe $100. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I see that changing because if the books keep escalating that are unrestored the way they have been, like the Hulk 181s, the Spidey 129s, mm-hmm. you've seen that they've gone 25 to 30% higher in the last two or three years. Yeah. It, they're growing by leaps and bounds. But if they could, and I don't know if they're going to continue to grow because they have stagnated now a little bit, like the Hulk 181 has leveled mm-hmm. off. Mm-hmm. Punisher 129 is leveled off. But I still see growth. And if they continue to grow, I think that's going to change the logistics for the restored books that people are going to start buying more restored books because they're going to be priced right. Someone who might not be able to afford bigger ones. People may want, hey, an Action 1 restored is still going to go for 200 grand, depending on the grade, as opposed to maybe it was a million. There's still going to be a guy out there that's going to yeah. buy it for 200 grand. It's going to say, hey, I got an action one. Sure. Yeah. So I think the restored values are going to go up. Uh, I think that the new comics are still going to be around, but not on the same level that they are today. And, I mean, I got customers that come in here on Wednesday to pick up their new books that were normally spending $30, $40, $50 and now spending... 60 70 80 dollars because of the prices of the books yeah i mean i think that hurts the industry too i understand the, the rising cost of everything i look at my insurance and everything else everything's going up and i understand the cost of books are going up but at what point do you say i'm going to buy a comic book for seven or eight dollars you know at three four five dollars it's turned people off that are not buying the new books as much but i still see the collectors there but I don't see any rules of attrition that I've seen over the years where people drop out and new people come in. I still see new people coming in, but not at the higher percentage that I used to see from years ago. Like for every 20 people that would leave, mm-hmm. 15 people would come back or maybe 25 people would come back. Where now, 15 people leave and maybe only 5 people come back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's the way it is because... The kids that are coming into it are not buying like the older guys like me that have been buying all their lives. Like, I couldn't do digital comics because that's not my thing. That's not the way I was raised with the comics. I was raised to touch them, feel them, smell them, (laughs) everything else. I mean, I still get a high when somebody comes in with a collection from the 40s or 50s. You can smell smell it. And I go, wow, the old smell of the comics. And I... (laughs) And I gotta say, I hope they didn't read them all in the bathroom, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, that was a great answer, actually. That was a great answer to um, to that question. I I didn't. I've never even thought about the, the restored um, stuff. Right? The restored stuff. It makes sense though. Yeah, it's it's a great um, it's a great. Um, well, eventually, yeah. eventually, it's got to change. If the, yeah. that's assuming that the price of the unrestored books keeps climbing right. of the course. way it is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I have a nine point four Hulk one eighty one, as you guys know, that I didn't sell at the show. But it's it's eleven thousand dollar book. I don't have guys walking in every day with eleven grand in their that's pocket. To, you know, I'm holding it for the next show. Right. Mm. Yeah. That's that's probably mm. the way you got to do it. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's all the questions. You guys have any uh, last questions? Let me, let me ask you something. So, um, besides selling out of the store, have you dabbled in the in eBay and stuff like that? I mean, 
over, since 94. Still still doing it? Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've never still checked. Still doing eBay, but I don't put up ungraded books on eBay because they don't go for a lot of money unless I put them together as a set mm-hmm. or a variant or something like that. Mostly I only put graded books up. And I do the internet. We have a website, bestcomics.com, right, right. which I have help with from Matt, who's <laughs> been great with it. Uh, I just noticed the other day it said his name on the bottom for creating the website. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think my wife's name is still yeah, there too. Yeah. yeah. I do that to keep her in the good graces. <laughs> That's probably wise. And uh, what else? Um, I don't know. I, I think the industry is is, is strong. It, it, it's, and I just hope that uh, the interest still stays stays there regardless of how prices go with either the new comics or the graded comics. I, I don't think the interest is going to ever go away. I think it's just going to change. Like, yeah. people are going to change their yeah. focus. I mean, the, the movies over the years have greatly increased business yeah, I'm sure. in the store. Yeah. I, I mean, it does make a yeah. difference. Like, you know, I, I have a Spidey 101. I don't remember what it is, 9492, first Morbius. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm holding on to because I, I know when the movie comes <laughs> <Me too>. out, <laughs> it, 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 the first two or three months, it'll climb. Yeah. And then it'll start to level off. Mm-hmm. That's just the way it works. Yeah. And, you know, the movies have definitely helped. That's why when I go see a movie like Birds of Prey, for example, recently, even though I was turned off by the movie and I didn't think it was that great, I still hope that people like it because that'll help me sell Birds of Prey comics or right, of related course. merchandise. Yeah. Just like Batman has over the years, Spider-Man, and all the other movies that have been out there. All right. So I did lie. I do have one last question since we kind of <laughs> touched on it. Do you feel like we're at the peak now, or do you think there was a different time since you, at least you've been in it of the of the business? I feel the peak was in the 90s. Oh, okay. Really? Even when still? I, when I first started, yeah, with the death of Superman... Spawn, Todd McFarlane, the movie starting then, and right before the uh, CGC started up, because people were getting away with a lot of things, Mm. pricing, and before the birth of the internet, Mm -hmm. where, you know, I don't have that many people walking in with that great book saying they want to sell me. Because there's other avenues for them to go now. They're either selling them online or they're going to the auction house or Comic Link or Comic Fink or whoever these guys are or whoever these guys are out there Mm. or Comic Connect because and I just get overlooked. I I get the people that come in through the door that are lazy Mm -hmm. that don't want to bother with all that. They'll just come in and they'll go around to a couple of comic dealers to try and get their highest price. That's a that's a good answer. I, I, I I didn't even think about that. I think I think you're probably one of the people that would tell us the '90s. I feel like everyone always says like the '90s were a rough time. No, yeah. no, the '90s were the best for me. I mean, I remember when the first couple of years I was in business, and they had the whole storyline leading up to the death of Superman, which to this day I still feel is one of the best stories I've ever read. Oh yeah, I've read that. that it's it's so good. That there were people outside my store before I opened, waiting online on a Wednesday to buy the next Superman book. That led into the storyline. And I've never, ever had that after that. Uh, I've had people lined up for, you know, artists that we've had in the store and stuff like that. But 
Never to that caliber. Never to that caliber. And, you know, the 90s were good times. You know, I had the Bowen license. Mm-hmm. I was distributing, and comic collections were coming in because people weren't, didn't have the internet. I mean, things were great. Things were good. Interesting. They, they, they're still good, but for me, the 90s was the best. I never would have thought that. Yeah, no, <laughs> it makes it makes sense though. That's why we that's why we do this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so um, we'll get a little promotion in here. So, do you guys have any uh, special events coming up or sales that you uh, want to let people know about? Well, we do have a small sale for this President's Day weekend. Okay. Today and Monday. This will be out on Monday, so okay. people would already miss it, but we're gonna put it on uh, Instagram and stuff like that. That okay. you got going on. And uh, the next big thing is we got I got some big shows coming up in May and June. And then we have the first Saturday in May for Free Comic Day. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's going to be the next. That That's always a good push for us. You know, we have a lot of people coming in, and we discount a lot of the books on Free Comic Day to make people spend, and they get out of here, and they, they're happy because they've made some good deals, and I've made some extra money. Do you have any special guests coming in that day? Uh, we always have somebody. I couldn't tell you yet, but we always have somebody. Cool. Right. cool. Awesome. awesome. Well, this is a great interview, Tommy. Thank you very much. I think we learned a lot. Yeah. So right. I'm, I'm hoping uh, people who listen to this uh, learn some stuff, too. Yeah, great. Thank you. Thank thank you. We'll, we'll have to do this again sometime. Yeah. <laughs> Any, anytime you yeah. want, guys. And thank you for inviting us to, our, yes. to your story. Yeah, this this yeah. is pretty cool. Yeah. I like this. It's always awesome doing on site. I like I like good. the good. stuff. Yeah. Oh, no problem. Yeah. Thank you so much, Tommy. Okay, right. my pleasure. Until next Thanks. time. <laughs> All right. Thanks again to Tommy and all the guys at uh, Best Comics. It was a really great interview. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, make sure to hit them up. You know, see, yeah. uh, you know, Nick and, and um, Tommy. They are they're pretty good about taking care of people. Anyone else there? Uh, it's a good shop. It really is a good shop. All right. So uh, we're gonna end it today. So we we have a fun idea that we're not ready for, and we want to include the rest of the crew in it with them so we'll we do that have, at a later that. date i need to i need to we need to prep to shop to shop a couple names for that segment uh but now we're just going to do some recent pickups uh so it's just me and jj but uh, i'm going to share uh toy story's recent pickup too so oh, there you go uh why don't you kick it off there jj so what did i get this week so I, I got a lot of stuff in the mail uh that i ordered that I, I i actually forgot i ordered i guess this took a long time to get but my first one this week was um uh, I don't even know when he announced this, but uh, our friend uh, J. Scott Campbell, I'm going to call him our friend. Sure. We, we give him a lot of money, so yeah. um, I think I paid for his wedding. Yeah. Um, I pick, uh, I got the uh, the Wonder Woman 750s that he did. These are great covers. I got covers uh, A, B, and C. Um, I actually don't know which ones are which here, but uh, you know, one of my favorites here. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to broadcast these out later this mm-hmm. week on our Instagram page. But, you know, we've got one Wonder Woman where she's with the whole Justice League. You got Superman, Aquaman, Flash, Batman, yeah, modern Hot looking Girl. cover. It's beautiful. I mean, it's probably one of my. It's out of these three, this is my favorite. Um, again, he just I love his his women. Um, and then there's the other one, which is uh, she's hanging out with her uh, Amazon girls. Uh, again, just a great cover. Um, again, we'll post these. And the last one was um, probably my second favorite. And it was I think this is the reason why I wanted to buy this was. Uh, it's a World War II cover. Yeah, so that her. one was my favorite, the Golden Age yeah, look. It's, it's her with a bunch of guys in a tank and a couple uh, uh, airplanes in the background. But it's such a great-looking cover. Um, so I got these this week from uh, J. Scott Campbell. So if, if you ever listen, Jay, thanks very much. <laughs> um, so I also, uh, TC brought over my uh, my Marvel Celebrate Stan Lee uh, graded book that I got this week. So that was a 9-6. A little disappointing. 
<laughs> um, and then, you know, my lovely wife who supports me in my habits, she, uh, she hooked me up with a couple of Valentine's Day presents. Uh, a beautiful uh, 1961 Detective Comics. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, my idea, so I've, I've talked this, I've said this in the past a lot, but I'm, go, I'm trying to, I'm going to be, I'm doing a full run of Aquaman, Volume 1. So it's only 63 issues. But I'm also trying to pick up anything with Aquaman in it. Mm. And there's there's actually quite a lot of books. And uh, so... Now, Silver Age stuff or... A- anything. anything. I mean, obviously, it would be Silver Age because uh, there's only one Golden Age and I'm never mm. going to get my hands on that one. Uh, that's the More Fun Comics 73, <laughs> which is about $80,000, which more. will never happen. Um, but she found this one here. This was pretty cool. So Detective Comics 293. Um no significance whatsoever, but basically, this is the story. Uh, this is the Aquaman story begins. So this predates the silver, the first silver appearance of Aquaman mm. uh, in his own title. Um, so I looked it up a little bit, and um, it's just one of those. I guess back in those days, they had like two or three, maybe four stories inside of the comic book. Uh, so it was no, there wasn't any interaction with Batman. It was None just whatsoever. he had like a mini story in it's there. It's a mini story gotcha. with him and um, Aqualad. Mm. So it's basically their... It, it, I would think that this would have been his first Silver Age appearance. They're splashing each other? Probably. You know, <laughs> frolicking with the, uh, with the dolphins. Um, so that was pretty cool find for her. I, I did not know this this book existed, so I'm, I'm very happy about that. And then the other one she got me is uh, part of my collection is the Aquaman uh, number six, 1962. It's the uh, first appearance of uh, Quip and Quirk. Yeah, um, that's a nice cover. It's it's actually a nicer cover in person than it is on the photographs. It, I know you posted it recently, and yeah. I was like, oh, my God, it's like so much more beautiful it's, in person. It's, it's pretty cool. So, you know, again, thanks to my wife. And then uh, today, well, you know, yeah, we were- thanks, June. Thanks, June. <laughs> well, we just said her name. I did we say her name already? Uh, Mrs. JJ. Mrs. JJ. Um, so I got I scored a couple cool ones at uh, Best Comics today. So you know if you uh, listen to the podcast, uh, yeah, listen to uh, his interview. Shortly after it ended, we right started ahead. buying books. We bought some books. <laughs> so I picked up. Uh, this is a very cool. He recently got a hold of uh, a bunch of Action Comics. Um, so I scored one. This is Action Comics uh, two seven six. It's got uh, um, what, um, Supergirl. Supergirl on the cover and. She's being, uh, I don't know, hit up by a bunch of other little Supermans. It's kind of crazy, but it's the uh, it's the first appearance of uh, Brainiac Five, Triplicate Girl, Bouncing Boy, and Shrinking Violet. Mm. And Supergirl also joins the L O S H Losh. I don't know what that is. Uh, Legion of Superheroes. I is believe. that what that is? Yeah, I never heard of it. Yeah. referred to as that. It's um, L O S H. You know, that's what it is because yeah. the very first line says the sixth Legion of Superheroes. Yeah. So uh, this was a cool. I I like I dug it because of the cover. Um, I love these covers. I've got a, quite a few older uh, action comics, so that's a nice addition. And uh, an impulse buy. I got a copy of uh, uh, Mister Miracle, which was pretty cool. It's uh, Mister Miracle number six, nineteen seventy one. It's the first appearance of the female Furies. Um, I know nothing much about the character, but I, again, I just I love the cover. I'm all about the covers on these, especially it's a it's Jack a, Kirby cover. Jack right? Kirby, yeah. Um, so this was cool, cool purchase today. Nice. So yeah, that was my week. How about you? Uh, I'm gonna cover Toy Story first. Oh, I don't do know it. if he wants to share, but he posted it, so we're gonna share. Yeah, there we go. Um, he uh, did he mention this? I don't think he did yet, right? Which one? The Amazing Spider-Man number one. Uh, did he post that one? I don't think he I did, saw no, that. No, he posted it, he? but I don't think he mentioned. We it We never yet. talked about it. So uh, yeah, he upgraded. I believe he had a one eight 
and he upgraded recently to a 4.0. Now, I got to tell you, I told him when I saw this, as a, it's a beautiful 4.0. It presents really well. Uh, he got he got it from uh, Reese's Rare Comics. Those guys are great. Um, if you ever run into them in, sh- in a show or... Uh, you know, feel free to do. But I think he, um, I think uh, Toy Story got this um, through their website. He talked to a couple of the guys, and you know they uh, they they did right by him. So it, really it was a great a book. Uh, it's it, again, yeah. Like if you look at it, we posted it uh, on the Long Island Comic Guys uh, Instagram page. But it's but it's just gorgeous. Um, another one that he recently got to um, when we we're at the Clifton Comic Expo. Just another one he was missing. It was an Amazing Spider Man. Uh, 65 it's the cool one where like it looks like uh there's like some guards chasing him in the jail and he's like kind of crawling off the off to the wall yeah. uh just a really cool cover uh he picked that one up from zap comics um i love the way that that cover pops with just spider-man on it. yeah everything else just, it looks like the hands actually reaching out and yeah very just, 3d-ish yeah really cool cover uh, and then I, I guess I'll I'll jump over to the stuff I got. I'm sure there's other stuff Toy Story got, but I I don't know. We'll oh, we'll, we'll, we'll leave that to him to tell we, you. We stole his thunder enough. Yeah, <laughs> but um, me and Toy Story made a little deal. I uh, I wound up getting a six five, Amazing Spider-Man fourteen to him. I nice. think I uh, I think I may have contributed to that uh, Amazing Spider-Man one a little bit. So, uh, so I feel like it's a little bit of mine as well, even though I have my own signed by Stanley. <laughs> Uh, it's a great cover, great colors. Uh, I, I have an Amazing Spider-Man 14. It was just really beat up. Um, I'll probably wind up getting that one clean and pressed, uh, you know, graded and maybe selling it at one of the next shows. But um, I'm really happy to have this one. It's a, It was an upgrade I needed to do, uh, especially for a big character like the Green Goblin. And uh, what else, what else, what else did I get? Uh, I also got a book, uh, a Spider-Man book, when we were at the Clifton show. Uh, the Clifton Expo was the um, Amazing Spider-Man Eight from Zap Comics. Great cover. Uh, it could use a little bit of a press, but nice raw book. Probably after a press, might be like a four or five, five zero. Uh, but Amazing Spider-Man Eight. It's the first uh, appearance of the Living Brain. I don't think it's really uh, anyone who's reading um, any of the recent stuff. Superior Spider-Man. Uh, some of the Spider-Man books. Uh, he uh, he plays a big role. Uh, a lot of interaction with Doc Ock. He's a cool character. Nice. So let's let's just break off here a little bit. So you went to the Clifton show mm-hmm. uh, what a week ago? Yeah. Tell us. I mean, how was that? I mean, we've we've I've gone to it once or yeah. twice. So it's a Clifton Comic Expo. It's basically it's just a comic show. Nothing else. I think maybe a couple people have like supplies. Maybe some people do T-shirts. Mm-hmm. But you know, you have to come. I think to get a spot there, it's once a month. You have to come, you have to agree maybe once or twice. I think it's once a month. And, um, you know, you get your same spot every time. If you drop out, I think you maybe lose your spot. But, you know, all pe- there's not like comic New York Comic Con numbers there, but everyone in there is looking to buy comic books. So I really, it's it's a really good uh, show for people looking to buy books. From the one time, I think I've been there once, maybe twice, twice I've been. Mm-hmm. And both times, like when I was there... Oh, there's there's good stuff. Like there. you, yeah. really good stuff. Yeah. Like you can find some hidden I've, gems. I've never gone there and walked out without comic books. Yeah. So yeah. I, this is probably one of the times where I only bought a few. We also bought to uh, you know discuss some business where we're, we're going to be buying some new racks um, for a future. Not not ra- the table racks uh, for future shows. So you'll uh, you'll see those next time you see us. I think it's at Cradle Con the first show. Cool. But, yeah, it's, uh, such yeah. a, it's a good show. I just I'm, I missed out. I'm I'm sorry that yeah, I missed it's, out. Yeah, it's not that long of a drive either. I uh, me and Toy Story left from Queens. I won't mm-hmm. say where, and it uh, <laughs> it took us about thirty minutes to get. Yeah, that's cool. 
Um, and what else did I get? I did get, I, I talked about this for a little bit last night. I recently got, so there's a, a Master of the Universe DC uh, miniseries. It was three books. Uh, I got the second one on Thursday. Finally got the uh, the third one today. I actually haven't even opened it yet, um, but pumped to have that series done. Like I said, I'm working on a Master of the Universe run. Uh, there's 13 books in the Marvel series. I don't have any of those yet graded. Um, so my goal is to get all of those, and this is the crazy part, in a 9.8. Luckily, they're not too absorbently expensive, so uh should be fun to have a whole run of uh, Master Universe in the 90s. So, so Tim Seeley did that, that run that you're doing right now, the one that you booked. Tim Seeley, uh, which one, Master Universe? Masters, He-Man, the Masters of the Universe. Yes, he okay, did. Just, that's pretty cool. I like him. I, yeah. Uh, wait, Tim Seeley did the old ones? Well, whatever, whatever one you posted no, this week. Oh no, no, no not, that's not the run I'm talking about. Okay, this is back from '83. Oh, yeah, that th- that was an awesome book, though. But this one here looks pretty cool. Yeah, uh, that's a that's a cro- they have a crossover event going on right Who's now. Who's the it's girl that he's fighting there? Who's uh, that supposed to be? I don't know. I haven't read that issue yet. She's very well endowed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> I also got two books from Best Comics today. <laughs> Uh, the first one was I got a really nice copy of Black Lightning number one. Beautiful. A uh, book I've been actually looking for for a while. Uh, Tommy uh, gave me a great deal on it, as he, I'm sure he will if you go in looking for some books uh, as well. Probably. Uh, so I got that, and I also got a Mr. Miracle book myself. I uh, I snatched this before JJ got to the box. I got yep. a Mr. Miracle number one. Uh, first appearance of Miracle, uh, Mr. Miracle and Oberon. So a uh, pretty cool cover. I think really, really nice um, grade on it, too. It's a beautiful cover. Yeah, Both it's, it's, it's a raw book, but it's uh, it's really nice condition, uh, the Mr. Miracle especially. I probably would have snagged the Black Lightning book. Yeah. Over uh, the Mr. Miracle book. But it, both of your books are fantastic. Yeah, no, I'm, uh, I'm excited to get those. So uh, more, more, more comic books to I don't know do what with. Right. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I think that's it for that's uh, cool. recent pickups. Good stuff. Yeah. So we have any announcements? We uh, got uh, we got some stickers coming. We got some stickers coming. Yeah, we ordered gonna, some stickers. Yeah, uh, we're so going to have... This time we've got uh, Long Island Comic... Well, I reordered the Com- Long Island Comic Guy stickers and then our newly Don't Feed the Geek stickers. Yep. Excited about Which those. And get to add those to my sticker door. There you go. <laughs> um, that they're going to be $5 each. Uh well, we're going to discuss the price, uh-huh. but uh, I think what's going to happen is when we're at shows, uh, anybody who follows both the Don't Feed the Geeks and the Long Island Comic Guys will get a uh, free sticker to each one. Uh, people who aren't into social media, it's fine. I think we're, we're, we're figuring out a price point um, for yeah. those. So if people just want to buy them, that's fine. We, we're, we're willing to sell them. Um, but yeah, just yeah, we've, uh, we've got a lot of things coming down. Just a little swag, yeah. We've got, we've got a lot of little things coming down the pipeline yeah, that absolutely. we're trying to figure out. And we're going we're gonna to start growing this a little bit better, more oh, and yeah. better. And um, we've got some stuff we're working we're on. We're going to take over the world. We're going to try to. <laughs> The comic book world. There, there you go. There you go. <laughs> All right, good stuff. But, uh, yeah, I don't. What, so we got some shows coming up. We're looking. You know, we've already yeah. signed on for again. We've we've talked about this, but CradleCon. Mm-hmm. Yep, uh, doing CradleCon. When is that? May. Um, the last weekend in May, I believe. May? Yep. And then what's the other one? Uh, we're doing EternalCon. EternalCon. Yes. Very exciting. I believe that's July. July. Don't ask me the weekend. Yeah, yeah I don't right. know off the top of my head. That's cool. All right. Yeah, cool but uh, we got we got big things going on. So. Uh, be on the lookout. Follow us on social media. So yeah, tell I mean, your friends about it. Let's let's you know if we can get your help and you know try to like and subscribe to our um, to our, uh, our absolutely our, our YouTube channel. We're we're, we're going to be growing our YouTube channel a little bit. We're going to be adding more you know more content, different content, and more of it. So 
you know, we're looking maybe doing some card breaks, you know, because I'm I'm heavily into the uh, into the uh, non sports cards like the Star Wars cards and all those. So I'd like to do some more of that and some box openings of some mm-hmm. statues that we've going to be coming down the statue. Down the I've, got, I've got a few in the closet that we yeah, can open. We so <laughs> we, we want everybody's help to, you know, like and subscribe and share yeah. and all that other good we're, stuff. We're also working on um, getting the best of Long Island as well. Oh, yeah. Um, I think we need to share some information out there have to, to, to give you guys um, what we need you to do to uh, nominate us if you feel so inclined to do so. But um, we'll get that out there soon as well. Or don't. Just do it. Well, no, they need like specific information to nominate us, remember? No, just do it. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's that, and uh, great, uh, great episode, right? Great uh, episode. I, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, I guess until next time, remember. Go!